0: Hello and welcome to the Childcare Business Coach Podcast. My name is Evelyn Knight. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me. Today I want to talk about an issue that I've really been struggling with myself lately and that I am working on fixing, but I think it's something that you might be struggling with too. And it's the concept of dealing with ambiguous loss. So Friday was my birthday from the time I'm recording this, and it was my first birthday that I have to go through without my husband. So there was a lot of things that happened that really just made things stressful and difficult for me, and it just really opened my eyes to struggling with ambiguous loss. So my children and my staff and my friends and family and everybody really worked hard to make sure that I had a special birthday, and that it wouldn't be so painful it being my first birthday without my husband. At the end of my birthday, I found myself really sad. And I was pretty upset with myself because the thing that I was upset about was actually kind of silly. I was really upset that I didn't get tea. That's crazy, right? I didn't get tea. So I'm an avid tea drinker. I am very picky about my teas and I like excellent quality teas to the point that I've even taken courses to learn about tea. I love tea so much. So every year for my birthday, my husband ordered this wonderful tea that is only made in Fairbanks, Alaska. Excellent tea out of Fairbanks. It's award winning. I love it. Every year he orders me a tin. I get my Fairbanks, Alaska tin, right? It's actually called Sipping Streams tea. It's excellent. And This year was the first year I didn't get tea. And it hasn't always been Sipping Streams over like the last three years is when Sipping Streams started. But before that, I always got tea, a teapot, special teacup, uh, something to press my loose leaf, but something tea related because I love tea. In fact, all I drink is water or tea. That's it. I don't drink anything else but water and teas. And I'm very, very picky about my tea. Um... I'm very picky about what kind of teas I drink. I only like the black ch- teas, like English breakfast. I actually do like matchas and jasmines. But I'm very picky about where they come from. I don't usually use tea bags. So I was really upset that I wasn't getting my tea for my birthday. And I sat down and asked myself, i like, why am I so upset over tea? Over tea. I kind of got upset with myself over this. And basically felt somewhat ungrateful. I had a lot of feelings. So I had to dive into why is the tea upsetting me so much. And then last night, which was Sunday evening, my youngest son came to me and he brought me a cake. And it was a tiramisu. Tiramisu is my favorite cake. I absolutely love it. And my husband also made sure that I got tiramisu every year for my birthday. Well, if you know anything about tiramisu, it's kind of difficult to make. It takes some special ingredients, so it can be kind of hard to find at your local grocery store. So my son came to me and he was really upset and proud of himself at the same time. And he told me, he's all, mom, I've been so upset that you're not going to have your tiramisu for your birthday that dad got you every year. And I've been trying for three days. I didn't know that tiramisu would be so hard to find. And he said, I'm so sorry I let you down, mom, but I wanted to give you the tiramisu on your birthday, which again was Friday, but this was the quickest I could get it. So here you go. And that was my birthday cake. And it really struck me. I had forgotten about the tiramisu, but I was really upset about the tea, right? And as I laid in bed, I had to think to myself, okay, so here I am upset about tea. And for my birthday, my son is upset about tiramisu, but it really isn't about the tiramisu or the tea. It's more about that ambiguous loss. It's more about one more thing that we're losing, And you don't have to go through a major loss to feel these ambiguous losses, right? In 2012, when I was diagnosed with a neurological disease, I went through another time where I also went through a huge loss that hurt really bad. I have always been so proud of my brain because I'm smart, I'm efficient, and I was tough as nails. I thought this was a good thing, but now I realize it was very unhealthy. I would work through a lot. I went to work three days after having my tonsils taken out and reconstructive nose surgery. So I've always been pretty tough and very proud of that. And when I was diagnosed with the neurological disease I have, I realized that this was going to change who I am. And that loss of who I used to be was very hard for for me to deal with. In fact, I wrote a letter of goodbye to the former me the me who was well with a brain that didn't have a neurological disease. And now I have to say, I'm actually happy I have what I have because it's taught me that the life I was living was really no life at all. I overworked. I was just not resting. I wasn't enjoying life, right? But at the time, the loss felt huge. It felt just very overwhelming. Another time I went through another ambiguous loss was during the loss of a dog. And for a lot of people, they can't understand the pain that I felt. But about a year ago from this day, I knew my husband was dying. I knew that his time was almost up and that we were facing the end of his life completely. And all I kept thinking to myself was the pain I felt when Jack died was horrible. How am I going to survive this pain? And then I would feel guilty because I was comparing in my own mind the death of my dog to the death of my husband. So I would beat myself up for that and get upset with myself for even thinking about it, even though I know I was thinking to myself, okay, if that hurt that bad, then how bad is this going to hurt, right? But I still would get so upset with myself. I almost got upset with myself for the pain that losing my dog caused me. But there's a lot of other pain too. Like when one of the children that we really love moves away or moves to a different center, or when a staff member we were close to quits and we lose them. When I'm talking to my clients or just people in the world, I'm often approached with things like, um, you know, I'm so sad that I lost my school, but that's nothing compared to what you lost, so I shouldn't be complaining. That is a very, very unhealthy way for you to think. So try not to compare yourself and your losses to anyone else. Just because I lost my husband, it does not downplay what you have lost. Whether it's losing an employee that you loved, a child that you loved, money, right? You might've had an investment go wrong and you lost a lot of money. With COVID, we lost so much time. We lost so much of our freedom and just the way we used to be able to do things. Those losses add up and the ambiguous losses can be really hard for us to navigate and for us to walk our way through. So it's okay to feel the pain of those losses. It's okay for us to acknowledge those losses. Lately, I keep having this feeling And the thought that keeps going through my head is, I've lost so much. I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much more I can lose. And I have to stop and I keep asking myself, but what have I lost? I know I've lost my husband. Everybody knows that. That is a pretty big, obvious loss. But then I stop and ask myself, what else have I lost? And then all these things come flooding into my head. And I start with the guilt feelings of, well, that's nothing. You lost your husband. Why are you upset over something so silly as um, losing this employee that was with you for 10 years? Why is that so upsetting when you lost something as huge as your husband? And what I realized is that those ambiguous losses add up And when you do lose something big, it just feels overwhelming. The amount of loss that comes to us is overwhelming. So yes, losing tea for my birthday every year hurt. It was very painful. For my son, not seeing his mom have tiramisu on her birthday, that was painful. It triggered something in us and all losses trigger something in us. So if you find yourself comparing to others and that I shouldn't be complaining because what I'm going through isn't so bad, stop right there. Allow yourself to feel the feelings. Allow yourself to sit within that loss. It is okay. That being said, I do also suggest that you put a time limit on how you allow yourself to feel. When my oldest son went off to college, it was actually one of the most painful experiences of my life. The day I had to drop him off and the day we drove away and left him nine hours away from home at college was probably the second hardest individual day of my life. Hardest thing I've had to do. And it's funny because my son got a full ride scholarship to college. And so many people were so excited. And when I came back and I I was really depressed and I was even really dreading him going, I knew it was going to hit me really hard. Everybody would tell me things like, I don't understand why you're sad. You should be happy. This is a wonderful thing. Your son got a full ride scholarship to college. He's going to go and get a great education. He's not going to be in student debt. This is wonderful. You should be happy. You should not be sad about it. And I was happy. I was so proud of him, but I was also sad at the same time. I was also mourning the fact that I didn't get to be with my boy every day anymore. As a mom who was so involved in my child's life, I knew all his friends. I knew everything that was happening with him every day. And now I wouldn't know. He was going to make friends that I would never meet. And the loss of being such an important part of his everyday life and knowing about his everyday life was so big for me. But people downplayed it so much that it almost made me feel guilty for feeling that way. We see so much of that in our society where people just expect us to have an or instead of an and. One of the most powerful things I have learned since my husband's passing is that it is okay to have an and in your life and I know I would talk about this a lot so if you follow me and watch my YouTube videos or my social media videos, you hear me say this all the time but I will keep repeating it because I know it has really helped to set me free in a lot of ways. but it is okay for you to have an and in your life. you can, be happy that something is happening and sad at the same time. So in the example of my son going off to college, I was so happy that he was getting this great education that was paid for because he earned it through his high school career. But I was also sad that I was losing my son at home. I'm excited about the life that is in front of me and the opportunities I have. But I'm also sad that I don't get to live that life with my husband. I have an and. And giving yourself room for being there is also very important when you're experiencing an ambiguous loss. Those things that aren't so obvious, right? Like tea. I can be happy that my boys are amazing and the people in my life really care and made sure that I had a great birthday. And I'm sad that I don't get tea anymore for my husband. It's a happy and a sad. We can have both. And I'm here today to give you permission to have an and in your life. It is okay for you to experience an and too. You can be happy and sad at the same time about things. And your loss is not downplayed because my loss or anybody else's is bigger. Soon after my husband passed away, somebody lost a child that was kind of young. And there was actually a friend that lost her child and her husband in an accident. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so much better off than she is. At least I didn't lose a child and my husband. But that's not a healthy way to think because my reality is my reality. And it's okay for me to sit in the pain of my reality. It doesn't matter what someone else is feeling. It doesn't matter if their loss is greater because I'm not feeling their loss. I'm living within my own, but I do give myself time limits. So in the case of my son and when he went off to college, one of the things I did was I gave myself the three-day weekend to really feel it all. I went into his room and I slept in his bed. I went through all his old things. I really just absorbed him in that room. And I cried for three days, for three days. But I knew going in, it was actually a Friday when we dropped him off and it was a three-day weekend. So we dropped him off in uh, nine hours away in college. And I knew going in that I was going to give myself that three-day weekend. But Tuesday morning, when I had to work, I had to snap out of it and be done. So when I choose a timeline for my grief or anything I need to process, I make sure it's realistic. So for example, when my husband passed away, I gave myself eight to 12 weeks. I didn't know if eight weeks would be enough, but I also knew I could not go over 12. I told myself, this is it. Not that I'm telling myself that I can't grieve beyond that. But I gave that much time for me to pause. I That was the time I gave myself just to pause and feel everything and to be with my family and to do what I need to do. So in the case of dropping my son off, I gave myself three days. In the case of my husband, I actually ended up taking 10 weeks. Right. So that's where I would Really assess how much time do you need to give yourself and look at what you're going through and determine how much time is realistic for this kind of thing to require. There are times where I need to give myself an hour for something. Somebody might have said something hurtful about me online or somebody let me down. Maybe they canceled on me a dinner or something that I really looked forward to. So, even in those situations, I'll give myself 30 minutes or an hour to just kind of pout and feel the things I need to feel. But I really do try to make it realistic based on what the situation is. When my dog died that I told you guys about, I, that one was such a surprise to me. I was actually visiting my son in Oregon and I got a call that uh, another dog had broken into my backyard and ended up killing my dog And so that was a really, really hard one for me. And gosh, I cried every day for a month, for a month. I didn't stop working. I had to keep going. But I cried every day for a month. The shock of losing him was so hard. And he was my all-time favorite dog. I loved this dog. I just loved him. So really look at what are you going through and make sure you're giving yourself healthy parameters. One of the most terrifying things that happened to me after my husband died actually came from another widow. I was messaged by a widow of eight years and she sent me a message and just said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she went into the spiel about how dark her life was and how sad she was and every morning, how it was so hard. She still had his coffee mug out. I knew I could not allow that for my life which is why I decided that I would not go beyond three months. I would mourn and I would be sad, but I was going to move on and live. My husband would not want me to be sad, depressed, and alone eight years later. In fact, a year from the time he died, he'd want to see me thriving and living and just being who I need to be. That's what he would have wanted for me. And I knew I had to put a healthy time limit and how long I mourned for him. So feel what you need to feel, but make sure it doesn't cross that line of unhealthy because that is a very dangerous, slippery slope. I hope that is helpful for you. I do also have a video on the same subject. And of course, I would love to tell you about the Child Care Business Summit that's coming up. So make sure that you check out information um, on the Child Care Business Summit. I'm so excited. We're going to be... um, in Orange Beach, Alabama, which is right outside of Pensacola, Florida we cannot be, wait to see you in person. My team and I are so excited to be with you guys. I'm also starting a new program for people who are aspiring to be childcare center owners. Whether you're a director hoping to own your own center, if you're hoping to transition from a home provider to a center, anybody who is under a year of new ownership, or they're looking to open their first center, we are starting our building blocks program. I'm so excited about that. So I. Will We'll link some information in the show notes for you guys so that you can look into that. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And of course, as always, email, message me, let me know what you got out of this episode. Have a great day, everybody.